Hello, welcome to another edition of Talking Sports and Fitness with Zeke. I'm Zeke, sometimes known as Mike Zielinski. My guest today is Doug Doms, head football coach at Wilson High School. Uh, tremendously successful program. Doug, you've had great success there. Welcome. Good to be here. Uh, my success is uh, not my success. It's our our success. Let me straighten that out right off the bat. Okay. Right. And let me straighten this out. We're not going to talk football in this show. That's for part two. And what I find interesting about you, Doug, uh, not to stereotype football coaches, because, I mean, that's a calling, that's a passion, that's a lot of work and focus. And many uh, high school football coaches are also excellent teachers. But you seem to be a real renaissance man. Uh, pardon me reading a few notes for a second, but you're just not teaching driver ed. Uh, you, uh, you not only teach AP biology, honors biology, and AP environmental science, but you designed the programs. Uh, you also lead the Wallops Island Marine Science Consortium field trip to Virginia each year. You're the director of the Jamaica Marine Studies field trip to St. Anne's Bay, Jamaica. Not bad gigs there, by the way. Uh, besides being the head football coach, you're also the head boys and girls indoor track coach and outdoor track coach for both boys and girls. And you also run the Wilson High School Ski Club. You, a, do you sleep? Not a lot. I mean, uh, people kid me about that all the time, but I basically sleep four to five hours a night, whether I need it or not. I wake up, I go to bed around 11, 1130, and I'm up at 334 o'clock every morning. Uh, how do you, you, you must compartmentalize pretty much, right? Because especially now, football isn't just August, it's almost like a year-round sport. So how do you balance everything? Um, I wear a lot of hats, as you can tell. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we always kid I'm going to get one made because I just turn it because first question will be about football, then the next question's track, then the next question's Jamaica, then the next question's wallops, then I'm back to AP bio. So, uh, <laughs> as my wife says, I multitask well, which they claim men don't yeah. do well, but obviously I do, or I wouldn't be able to handle all those things. But on top of that, don't get me wrong, I've got an excellent staff in football, I've got an excellent staff in track. My wife is a tremendous supporter and helps me a lot, especially in the Jamaica uh, trip itself. So, you know, there's a lot of people coming into the mix. Uh, do you have a favorite of all the things you do, or do you have a passion for all of them? Whatever, you know, whatever the time is. <laughs> now, uh, we were talking, chatting a little bit before we went on air. Uh, you are very unique, I think, as a football coach, and you kind of said, uh, and you know our coaches, you're there's probably one other guy that might have as many interests as you. What other coaches, when they know you're involved with so much football coaches, that they say, what are you, nuts? Or uh... I get that a lot, and I get, how can you possibly do it? Yeah. And I think, as I said, it helps that I've got a tremendous support group all the way around. Yeah. Uh, to tell you the truth, I get bored, I think, if I was only doing one thing. Um, I've always done that. I played three sports in college and maintained you know, yeah. a lot of activities there, and I don't know. I, I enjoy it. You know, when, when I was hired as a head football coach, they talked to me about dropping programs, and I said, yeah, but who's going to do the program? <laughs> I mean, I'm not being egotistic about that. I just know I built those programs to where they are, and they're running. You know, who's going to do it? So, uh, Let me ask you, like, what's the difference? Uh, there's a lot of difference between, I think, coaching track and field and football, I would think, because football is a team sport. Track and field, even though there's team standings, is an individual sport. Uh, what's your take on the differences? There's, you have to have a different personality? or I do. Yeah. I do. Um, you can't talk about 
a girl high jumper the same as a well, linebacker, right? You do to some degree. Yeah. I treat them all as athletes. I don't treat them as girls. I don't treat them as yeah. boys. I treat them yeah. as athletes. But it's different. And I, I learned this a long time ago that in football, you spend a lot of time getting them really cranked and really pumped and you get the adrenaline up there and your yeah. pregame speeches and everything and the rah-rah. And in track, that doesn't work because some athletes, they get so pumped up that they can't compete. Yeah. You know, they, we call it like a relaxed anxiety they have to have. They've got to be calm. And it it's, took me a few years to realize that some athletes like to kid around before an event because that relaxes them. Mm. And coming from a football mentality, it took a while, but, you know, I learned. Well, it's interesting because you not only, because a lot of, in track, a lot of people, there's a boys coach and there's a girls coach. You're doing both winter, I mean, indoor and outdoor. Uh, I just, it just amazes me how you can do all this. And there is some correlation, obviously, with track and football, because you know who all the fast kids in school are. (laughs) That helps, right? It does. And it's, what always amazes me is the number of schools where the football coach doesn't allow their athletes to participate in track, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I can see maybe baseball because there isn't a correlation. Well, but track, but, there is. You know, yeah. I mean, we push our kids, play other sports. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I don't care what you're doing, play other sports, but if you're not playing another sport, then run track in the spring. Right. Because right. what are we going to do? We're going to make you quicker. We're going to make you more explosive. We're going to make you faster. Well, gee, those aren't very good attributes for a football player. <laughs> and also the weight guys. They're getting stronger, and then there's athletic and they're working technique their feet. to that. They're working with their feet all the time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, it was interesting uh, just uh, last week uh, as we taped, Randall Cunningham, who obviously was a you know great quarterback for a number of years with the Eagles and later with the Vikings, his daughter, who he coaches, just made the Olympic team in high jump. Yeah, and well, he was, was a high jumper. Very well, she was one. world champion. Yeah, and then I guess she got second in the Olympic trials. And her, I haven't, I didn't see whether his son made it or not, but his son's in the hunt to make the Olympic team. In yeah, the I don't know. If he made, yeah, well. I know he's on. It's interesting because I he think was he was a, second or third at NCAA's. But you know. it was interesting that he chose track at U. I believe he's at USC because yeah. uh, I, I saw a show on Randall where, where he, the kid was in high school then, and he was an outstanding high school football player and a quarterback. Got and I covered Randall with the Eagles. He reminded me of a young right. Randall, really. Right. Right. Uh, what about the, the ski club? I mean, that's another sports-related thing. What do you do with the ski club? Uh, we don't do a whole lot. I mean, <laughs> it's basically we run one or two trips to Vermont in the, in the wintertime, you know, three or four-day week, you know, over long weekends, usually Lincoln's birthday, yeah. President's weekend, and then uh, the one in January, whatever the heck that is. Are you, <laughs> do, you, do you give them skiing techniques? If they want. You and know, you obviously are an avid skier. Yeah. There's some years that the kids are, you know, if we take, inevitably there's some kids that are beginners. We'll get anywhere from beginners to really advanced. And, and you know, the kids that are beginners, if they want, I, I'll, I mean, I don't force them to, but I'll say, hey, if you want to ski with me, I'll give you a couple of pointers, get you started. And likewise with the kids that are very good skiers, a lot of that is just the fact that they're young and agile and they don't really understand the fundamentals of the sport. But uh, we used to have races at the, on Monday every year. <laughs> At the end of our ski trip, you know, the, okay. uh, every Monday we'd have the, the hill set up a little race course, and then we'd wouldn't be hard, but yeah, we'd you race. have to have the competition, right? Well, yeah. sure, and then and and every year nobody would beat me; I would always win, all right. <laughs> and then we got some kids like I don't know if you remember Jamie Sands and Dustin Sands, very very good played baseball with my one. Sure, son. Yeah, very yeah. very good skiers, and Dustin was on the on. Um, 
Blue Mountains racing team. So they beat and, you? No, I beat them oh, by really? one. I beat Dustin by one one-hundredth of a second. Wow. How old were you at the time? Uh, probably late 40s. All right. Yeah. And at that point, I said, well, I, I think maybe we'll stop the races because somebody's going to beat me. <laughs> I won't be able to retire undefeated. That's funny. <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, I think another interesting aspect of you is the fact that you're a science teacher and a football coach, which is unusual in itself. And, and plus, like, you're almost, you know, you design the courses. Uh, is there anything analytically, you know, from a scientific mind that helps you with your playbook? Or Probably. You know, that's one of those. It's, I look at things very holistically. And I think I probably end up doing that in football so mm-hmm. that I'm not just looking at what's going to happen at this position or whatever. I'm looking at the whole picture on every play, looking at how it's going to affect special teams, how our offense is going to mix. Which is what uh, a head coach should be doing, it's, more than a position coach. Yeah, I am not. I do not coach any position. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a decision I made when I became head coach that I was going to let my coaches coach. And I'll just guide. But you must have, so. uh, you probably really enjoyed uh, the, the Big 33 game, which is where all the all-stars from Pennsylvania play. You played, what, Ohio this year again? Uh, we played Maryland. Oh, Maryland, I'm Maryland, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but you were the D coordinator. You went back to your, yep. your old days, right? Went yeah. back to the How roots. How much fun was that? It was a lot of fun. The hardest yeah. part about that was, number one, you've got terrific athletes. Yeah. I mean, at Big 33, the athletes, you know, they're going to Pitt. They're going to Penn State. They're going to Michigan. I mean, you're dealing with really phenomenal athletes. Getting them on the same page, getting all the coaches on the same page because they're all coming from different, you know, offenses, defenses. But it was a lot of fun. And we pretty much dominated defensively. So we threw some wrinkles in there, pushed the rules a little bit, stayed within them, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, all-star games always have know, some restrictions. There, of course, so you had Ike Schoenauer, who you were relaying the signals to, your star linebacker yep. at Wilson. Uh, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I did mention them. So tell us a little bit about the Wallops Island Marine Science Consortium field trip and also the Jamaica Marine Studies field trip. What are you doing with the kids there? Well, Wallops Island is, a, is open to the students I have in class. It's only open to the students I have okay. in class for my AP classes. And basically, well, that's a mid-Atlantic coastal marine ecology trip where we go down there and we get up at 5 o'clock every morning and go out birding. All right? <laughs> so they... They love that part. Actually, they, <laughs> no, they, they really do after really? a while. They yeah. really do. Some of them really get into it. And then we have a lab, and we have a lecture, and then we'll have lunch, and then we'll have another lab, another lecture, and then we'll have dinner and have another lecture. So Any of your football players do that? A couple. Not yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, two or three every year. So that's, you know, uh, that's a lot of fun. That's a five-day trip. You know, we run that Friday through a Tuesday, somewhere in April usually. But the Jamaica trip is, I started back in 1997, and started it strictly as a marine biology trip. I teach nine days of intensive marine biology down there. They have to collect over 120 different species of organisms, have to identify them, know their ecology of them, and we have a big test at the end of the week. Uh, So they really have to know them. That's a little overwhelming at first. Uh, But what has happened is there's an infirmary, which is a, in Jamaican infirmary is a, a poor house for people that have health problems. They're either mentally or physically infirmed. So they're not very nice places, all right? But there's one about a quarter mile from where we stay. We stay in a little tiny fishing village called Priory in a little tiny hotel that's probably a quarter, maybe a half a star. No air conditioning, (laughs) no TV. But, you know, it's, it's basic. It's what you need. Right on the beach. I mean, we eat breakfast 20 feet from the beach. You know, that's where we eat all our meals. Well, that's nice. Right. So... Uh, but the infirmary is about a quarter mile away, and my wife Susie 
and myself kind of befriended two paraplegics in the infirmary who sold little braided bracelets, you know, to help pay mm. their family, help, you know, fund their family. And so we decided this would be a good experience to expose the kids to this poverty. So the first year we went up there and with 24 students and the place reeked of urine. It was not clean. I mean, it only had a minimal staff and it was bad. So we went up there and Susie and I are talking to Roland, our friend up there, with, and the 24 students are behind us. Now, we hadn't seen them for a year, so it was, we're talking. And I look around, and these students are out all over this huge, I mean, it's just a big dorm-type room. And they're all out on these beds sitting and talking with all these patients wow. that are not clean, that smell and everything. And I mean, it was like, whoa, what is this? I mean, so they really opened our eyes to the humanitarian part of it. And since then, it has exploded. I mean, we take... Uh, donations. We get donations from the community, from some of the industries, That's et cetera. We, t- we have taken down over the years uh, about 40 laptops, for, which is which huge, because the patients in the infirmary have no contact with the outside world. Wow. And initially they weren't, because it's a poor house, you know, yeah. they weren't allowed to have anything. But we eventually started taking more and more stuff. We take about 5,000 pounds of materials down every year. Boy, what an intrinsic satisfaction you, know. you must oh. feel. And the that kids, probably beats winning a district title. I don't I'll know. tell you. Well, I don't know if I'd say that, but <laughs> the kids just come back so changed. Yeah. And I get from the parents, they say, you know, like I have one student who was like, you know, a model student, one of the best kids, fantastic kid. We came back, and after we came back, we were back a couple of weeks, I ran to her parents, and they said, she is so different now. I'm thinking, what the heck did happen? And, you know, just the experience of that abject poverty, and they don't know it, and they just... You know, so that has really expanded. The humanitarian aspect of that has really expanded. And, and now we've expanded that a little further into education. We take 325 sets of educational supplies down every year for the kids up in the hills. And, you know, they, the little kids come out of the woodwork and go nuts over that stuff. So, I mean, for our kids, what a humanitarian opportunity. Wow. Uh, yeah, I wish so. we had more time, but I, I just want to, in closing, want to applaud you. Uh, whether it's athletics, humanitarian aspects, or educational, you enhance lives. And uh, I applaud you again. And for now, this is the Exchange of Box. These community stories are made possible in part by BCTV, Susie Ray Design, Queen City Family Restaurant, Lamar Advertising, Heidelberg Family Restaurant, Reading Air, Lions and Hole, Peanut Bar, and Kutztown University.